Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sylvia F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in San Francisco Bay. Today is Friday, March 16th, 2018, and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book on page 38. We are on the third paragraph, which begins, Some of You Are Thinking. And we're going to read through two paragraphs, ending with, let us take another illustration. Today's readers are Jordan L. on the 12 Steps, Mary Jane Z. on the 12 Traditions. The readers of the text are Terry H., Polly Q., and Sherry K.B. The newcomer greeter at the end of the recorded hour is Melanie C. And the share ID for uh, code for Thursday, March 15th, 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, is 11,166, 11,166. And the code for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting, Friday, March 7th, is 11,168, 11,168. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive movement behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jordan L. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning. My name is Jordan Nell. I'm a compulsive overeater in Colorado. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Uh, these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will, our lives, our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. 
Thank you, Jordan L. I will now ask Mary Jane Z to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, may I be heard? Yes, thank you. Good morning, this is Mary Jane Z, recovered in Kentucky. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, unless problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. <clears throat> Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me start. I pass. Thank you, Mary Jane C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing a topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are on page 38, the third paragraph. It starts with some of you are thinking. We're going to read through two paragraphs ending with, let us take another illustration. And I'm going to ask Terry H. to begin our reading. Terry. Hi, thanks. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive reader, bulimic anorexic in North Carolina. Very grateful. Today's a beautiful day. So, okay. Some of you are thinking, yes, what you tell us is true, but it doesn't fully apply. We admit we have some of these symptoms, but we have not gone to the extremes you fellows did, nor are we likely to, for we understand ourselves so well after what you have told us that such things cannot happen again. 
We have not lost everything in life through drinking, and we certainly do not intend to. Thanks for the information. That may be true of certain non-alcoholic people who, though drinking foolishly and heavily at the present time, are able to stop or moderate because their brains and bodies have not been damaged as ours were. But the actual or potential alcoholic, with hardly an exception, will be absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. This is a point we wish to emphasize and re-emphasize to smash home upon our alcoholic readers as it has been revealed to us out of bitter experience. Let us take another illustration. Wow, a couple of good paragraphs here. Um, I know when I first came into the rooms of OA, I did not identify as a compulsive overeater. I knew I had an eating disorder. I knew I was a bulimic and um, anorexic. And, uh, but I didn't really quite grasp on to that concept of compulsive overeating. I was a normal, of normal weight. I could, you know, uh, lose 10, gain 10. I was in that area. Um, but as I, you know, um, w- worked through this process with my sponsor, I could identify in with these people and, and the people in the rooms and the people, um, the examples in the book. And, um, you know, I knew I was a compulsive overeater. Um, I binged on certain foods. I I have an allergy to certain foods. And when I start eating them, um, I can't stop. I can't predict when I will stop. And um, so, you know, my self-knowledge, I have multiple degrees in my profession. Um, I've been deemed an expert by a judge to testify in in cases in my profession. But all that self-knowledge I knew about my disease, you know, it was was so insufficient. Um, I just, I knew nothing, really. Um, And I knew, you know, very little. And so, you know, every day I learn more and more about who I am and who I'm not. And I know today that I have this disease. And, you know, and I know today that, you know, I'm allergic to certain foods that I can't eat. And I have certain food behaviors that I cannot participate in or it will kill me. And so, you know, and I learned also that by working this, these steps and um, going through this process that my mental obsession has been relieved by my higher power. My higher power has taken that away. And, um, you know, today, all I know today is that I walk each day hand in hand with my higher power. And, um, you know, that is sufficient for my disease today because alone I am powerless. My self-knowledge Everything I learned going into the hospitals, going into therapy, going into reading books, trying this, trying that, failed completely. And I am alone and powerless. But working these steps and having a spiritual experience and, you know, having my higher power take, take the reins um, has given me my life back. And now, you know, I experience serenity and freedom. And so to the newcomer, keep at it, work the steps, work it with someone who, the, um, who has gone through this process and who's had a spiritual experience. 
as a result of. And, um, you know, I'm just really grateful um, today for my recovery, for my conscious contact with my higher power, and for this program. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Terry H. Now I'm going to open it up for um, sharing. We're on page 38, the third paragraph, which begins with some of you are thinking. We're reading through two paragraphs. Who would like to share? Laura W. Laura W. Brandy M. Brandy N. Amanda Liotd. I have Amanda and I have Liotd. Was there someone else there? Okay. Laura W., Amanda M., I mean, Laura W., Brandy M., Amanda, I didn't get your last initial, Liat TD. Let's start with the four of you. Laura W. Thanks, Sylvia. Good morning, everyone. This is Laura W. Can you tie me? Yes. Thank you. Laura W., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic and Exercise Bulimic in Southern New Jersey. Oh, gosh. You know, denial is what makes the disease work, and the truth is what makes recovery work. And... You know, when I was um, when I was deep in the disease of anorexia, I didn't think I was that bad. And just like they're saying here, you know, I haven't gone to the extremes you fellows did, and I'm not likely to. My attitude and my response to everybody or any you know anybody who said anything about my food was, "Don't worry about it. It doesn't affect you. I'll stop anytime I want. I'll just lose a few more pounds and gain that cushion so that I can go for a binge and everything will be fine." And plus, I'm not below 100 pounds, so I'm not anorexic, you know. The mental obsession was so great. It was greater than any human power. Um, you know, I minimized my disease. I minimized my behaviors. And addiction is the only disease that tells me that I don't have a disease, you know. And um, until I found the, the program, the 12-step program, I was hopeless. I was absolutely hopeless. And until I decided, made that decision to take action and seek my higher power in everything that I do and say, um, I couldn't recover. Self-will, self-will just will drive me into the grave. You know, um, and, and this, you know, the, and italics, absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. Reading this big book will give me knowledge, but it's not going to get me recovered. Living the big book will get me freedom. And, and I love that, you know, because um, reading, a, reading a book on calculus is not going to help me to understand it. It's not going to help me to, to absorb it and, and to implement the, uh, the work that needs to be done in order to get things correct. You know, um, once a pickle, never, never a cucumber again. And that's what this is telling me, that, you know, thanks for the information, but I think I got it. Well, guess what? I didn't have it until I was able to work the 12 steps as they're laid out in this book, not work the tools. The tools just enhance my program. I mean, it's great to make phone calls and it's great to listen to these meetings, but that's not what's going to get me recovered. What's going to get me recovered is working these 12 steps in order while abstinent, not being like, oh, well, I, you know, I'm sort of abstinent, but I'm going to move on to my fourth step. No, I mean, I need to figure out what's blocking me in step one, two, and three. So, you know, this is really powerful. These are two very powerful paragraphs, in my opinion. And um, I'm grateful for 13 years of back-to-back recovery, not just abstinence, because there's a huge difference. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Laura W. uh, Brandy M., followed by Amanda. Brandy? Brandy? 
star one brandy okay we'll go on to amanda and oh, brandy. you'll come I'm okay here. we got sorry. you okay <laughs> sorry on. i was talking i was talking to myself so good morning i'm brandy i'm a recovered compulsive eater thanks for your service sylvia um I spent 23 years in self-knowledge and in the rooms and trying to work things my way and do things my way. And, and even other people would say that that was a really good way to do it. So I thought that, you know, I, I had this and, and the steps were never part of that journey. Um, they were, I would say I was powerless over food and my life was unmanageable, but I would take no steps to correct that behavior um, I would just get, you know, support and then try another diet and fail and just continue to live in that. And I really, I really did not understand that I had to get rid of all of my self-knowledge um, because I, like in life, I feel like I'm pretty smart and, you know, I, I have my shit together. But at the end of the day, that means nothing when it comes to my disease. Um, everything I think I know about myself people the big book anything had to be smashed it had to go and it took a long time for me because I'm stubborn and I have really strong self-will it took a long time for me to be like okay I'm desperate I need help this disease has me beat and where I was willing to be like any sort of thought that came into my mind because my best thinking got me to 350 pounds my best thinking that that's what it could get me and so I needed to let that go. And today, by the grace of God, I'm clean and I'm abstinent. And it has nothing to do with self-knowledge and everything to do with working the steps, like somebody said, in order, doing my 10 steps, keeping myself clean, and putting down my alcoholic foods. And for years, I was convinced that I could still have certain things and but it triggers the allergy and I didn't want to believe I had an allergy. And so really at the end of the day, it's really about getting honest and just doing the work and doing whatever I need to do. And, and the recovery is amazing. I mean, if I would have known this 23 years ago, I would have been doing it then, but God needed to show me that journey and show me different things in life to get me to a place of desperation. And, you know, if that's anything that I want to leave with is that I needed to be desperate in order to say, zip my lips and yes ma'am what do you need me to do so grateful for this program and grateful for all my fellows thanks so much thank you brandy m amanda if you could give me the letter of your last name and then the TD. amanda start one Sorry about that. I was I was sharing like such amazing experience to nobody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Amanda B. I'm a compulsive overeater, um, and I I'm so grateful to be here. Um, we have not gone to the extremes you fellows did, nor are we likely to, for we understand ourselves so well. Um, understanding myself so well has actually been probably the worst thing in the last uh, 14 years in the program. Um, I used to eat off of my food plan and not like face first binge I used to eat like a few veggies off of my food plan and for me that's like crack cocaine um you know it's like I have an abnormal reaction which doesn't necessarily mean my abnormal reaction does not necessarily mean I want more it means I wake up feeling hungover obsessed 
wondering why I need to care about vegetables or whatever I'm eating off my plant. And the moment, the moment that I start thinking about eating off my plant, that's the moment of insanity. That's the moment that I have very little effective thought against the first bite. I forget right away this basic self-knowledge, which I think I know, I forget the terrible consequences of what eating outside of my meal plan will be. And it's obsessing about body, about weight, shame, inability to be present with my family and live my life. Um, other addictions start to pop up, wanting to weigh myself. And, and this just tells me that my disease's first priority is to tell me I don't have a disease. It won't hurt. It's just a vegetable. It's just a bad habit. Uh, I'm at a normal weight. Uh, ask anyone. It's just a vegetable. I'm not ready to give this up. Those are the kinds of things that it says. That's just, it's that primary job is to say those things and recycle them. It does not say you're going to eat off your food plan and it's going to unleash a train of circumstances in which you can't control. An obsession of the mind that's so great and an allergy of the body that you are going to feel like crap. And so, you know, doing not the things that have not been my binges, the self-knowledge, that kind of stuff. When I haven't binged, I've eaten just a little bit off of my meal plan. It's actually taught me the most because I've just been equally as insane with the same degree of self-knowledge. And it says here, it's a point we wish to smash home, sorry, to smash home upon our alcoholics readers as it has been revealed to us out of bitter experience. If I told a normal person that eating broccoli outside of my food plan um, and, and, you know, I know some people will find this nuts because broccoli is not their thing. It's like chocolate cake or anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to continue with foods, but I'm just saying my disease does not say you have a disease and this needs to stop. It says, oh, well, I'll just keep going. Um, and I have to believe in step two, that God cares about me, that if I call anyone to tell them that I'm going to eat off my meal plan, that they are God with skin on, that they'll care about me. And we say it's not about the food, and it really isn't about the food, but the food was so far in the way that I couldn't have the presence of God as the biggest thing in my life because I was just so obsessed with my own self-knowledge and my abnormal reaction. Um, so, you know, all of this really drives home to me why I follow a plan so I can connect with God, connect with others, and live a joyous and happy and free life and live in the promises. Um, and it also helps me to see the nature of my disease is my self-knowledge. It's all of the things that tell me it's okay, um, that, and it doesn't tell me about unleashing the train of circumstances. That will take me, it says that, because it might be another bitter experience. Um, so anyways, I really, um, I really appreciate sharing. Thank you so much for letting me be here and, uh, and for being here as well. Thank you, Amanda. Okay. The TV, you're next. Yes, hi. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for the beautiful reading and the great chair. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, when I was reading this morning this uh, the paragraph, I was thinking about um, how hard it is to transmit this program to another person, you know, based on my experience, which is knowledge, really. You know, I, you know, they hear, they see that I'm in the normal body size, and wow, that looks great, which was my dream my whole life. It's just if I was in a healthy body size, and, you know, life would be just perfect. And so, 
you know, just, I don't know. So I don't know where I'm going, but, you know, it's just, you know, I feel horrible when I, you know, see people that are not really uh, done and they're trying to understand and figure this thing out. Um, it's not, it was never enough for me. And I, you know, someone was sharing earlier, it took me 12 years to just be so beat up and say, fine, you know, I'm not, I'm done. And it didn't really matter what sponsor. I had sponsors in two languages, didn't matter how much I read the big book, didn't read the big book, tried this, the therapy, tried this diet, you know, it's not, none of that, you know. And so this is the step before the first step. It's a step where I, a place where I have to come to understand that I have a condition of body and mind that is, makes me different than my fellows. You know, I had to be, you know, that idea had to be smashed into me that you know, through beating, being beat up is that I am never, you know, and it's not about after this, I'm going to have a great, happy life. <laughs> that didn't happen for me. It happened to you. I got to experience to see Liat and her beautiful colors. I was a raging witch where when I was eating food, I was very calm and loving. So for me, having the food, you know, realizing my condition, having it put down and, and then facing me and my life and my wreckage was really hard. And so, anyways, the whole point is I have a condition and it's not going away and I need to deal with it on a daily basis and I still deal with it. I have a brother who's schizophrenic. He, he calls me with his delusional thinking. It's not going away. It's been that way for 22 years. It's actually got worse. So I have the same condition. There's no getting out of it, and I need to understand that and and do so, you know, and do the steps to live with it. I love you all, Pat. Thank you, Liat TD. Okay, we're on page 38, the third paragraph that begins with some of you are thinking. We're reading through two paragraphs. Who would like to share? Reggie Leia O. S. Okay, I got Reggie O, and I didn't get the other person. Leia S. Rebecca T. And Rebecca T. Jackie H. Jamie S. Robin Joby. Okay, let me uh, let me tell you who I got because I missed some. I have Reggie O. I think Leah S. Rebecca, Lisa. We'll fill in the last names. Jackie S. Robin Joby. Who did I miss? Okay. Anybody else? Do I, in, okay. Anybody else wants to share on this go around? I'm Jackie H. Jackie H. And I think I have, a, did I have a Jamie S in there? Okay. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Jamie okay. S. <laughs> Jamie S. Okay. So I've got Reggie O, Leah S, Rebecca, Lisa, Jackie H, Robin Joe B, Jamie S. So that's what I got for this first round. Reggie O, followed by Leah S. Let's start. Hey, thank you, Sylvia. Good morning, and thanks, everyone, who's on the line this morning. Uh, this is Reggie O, gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. Really love the shares I've heard this morning and these two paragraphs. And, uh, you know, the first thing that struck me was the extremes. You know, we haven't gone to the extremes you fellows have. And it reminds me of this message, which I have felt that's just been honed into again and again and again in vision, which has been really helpful for me. 
which is identify in, you know, identify in. And, you know, as I can look and listen to all the stories I've heard since I've been in Vision for You, which is, you know, a short amount of time compared to the time I've been in OA in general. But, you know, my, my extremes, I have plenty of them, but they don't necessarily always look like, you know, someone else's extremes. Like I was 205 was my top weight. Um, that's, but when I came into program, um, I was only 20 pounds heavier than I am right now, you know, which was quite a bit less than 205. And, um, and, you know, I never was like Bill. I never wanted to throw myself out of a, you know, an upper story window, but I was like, you know, I had suicidal, I, my worst binges would take me to suicidal ideation. You know, I just imagine crashing my car into a tree or a wall or something to just do, you know, the, to get me quickly out of the misery. And then, you know, the self-knowledge, um, <clears throat> I, I uh, you know, I laugh sometimes when I say this, I, I talked, I, after a program, a uh, lot of recovery, and when I stepped out of recovery, I was teaching clinical practice with addictive disorders for 10 years. I had intellectual knowledge. I understood the big book. I, 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 you know, not to the degree I do today by any stretch, but I understood the theory of, you know, uh, addictions. Uh, so much, but you know what I did not have, which is totally different, is I didn't have the experience of it, you know, and I didn't have the working of it. So I can understand, I can have all amount of self-knowledge, but if I'm not doing the work of this program that works so beautifully, if I'm not actively participating in the steps and completing them and living in them, it really means nothing, you know, in my my experience of, uh, you know, that, that experience from head to heart that's also talked about in this book is such a beautiful, amazing experience, you know, and it's the one that really, I believe, counts in the, in the, in the, in the, ter- in the long term of, you know, being recovered, the spiritual awakening, living and experiencing the 12 steps and the recovery and the beautiful things that happen as well as, you know, experiencing most things um, that is, is so, is, there's no comparison to that than, and having an intellectual knowledge of it. The intellect doesn't take me uh, out of addiction, but God and, you know, this, the principle of this program and the working of it, you know, do, doing the work of the steps, that's what does it. So really grateful to have this message honed in every day here. And I'll pass. Thank you, Reggie. Oh, Leah S. followed by Rebecca. Thank you so much. Um, my name is Leah S., and I am a very grateful recovered compulsive overeater from Brooklyn. So um, uh, we're talking about spirituality, and um, we're also talking about abstinence and uh and and doing the steps of the program. Um, I thought I was going to take it piecemeal, and it's going to work that way. But I came in with such anger issues and such resentment and cynicism that there was no way that I was going to recover. I was going to use this as a diet, but it didn't work because all my other diets didn't work. They worked for maybe maybe one night for that binge or for the uh, next occasion that I was going to go to and then for that binge. And it was always a yo-yo with me. 
despite the names of, of, of Jenny Craig or, or was it Weight Watchers or was it um, whatever it was, until I finally applied myself to it, until my sponsor explained to me, what is it that you identify with in this big book? And then worked more and more at it because it interested me. I became abstinent completely, and I lost my weight. I lost 65 pounds within the first four months. And I, 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 I came to a normal size weight. And also, I was very intrigued because my sponsor was telling me, the reasons you had over over eight are not going to be the reasons that you're going to start. They're not going to be there to, in order to pick that up again if you work the steps. And, you know, today, among all the miracles that have happened to me, one of the most uh, astounding miracles is that the people that I live around with are no way in this program, no way recovered or anything like that. And to know how to not retaliate, but to maintain that serenity, that is a miracle. That is truly a miracle. And I'm no saint, really. Nobody comes out here to make you an angel or anything. I do remember everything just a mere four and a half years ago of what I used to be like and what I am like now and what I am dealing with now. And it's not leading me into the food. It's not even thinking about the food. It's just working on myself and seeing my part of the street, my side, what is it that I can do, and how is it that I can maintain that serenity. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Leah S. Rebecca, and fill in your last initial, and followed by Lisa, same. Hi, Rebecca T. from Central California. Um, so happy to be here. Thank you, all visionaries. Um, I I love hearing all the recovery. Um, it is so helpful. Um, I definitely I was I was in my mind. I was in my uh, rightful thinking. I I was so full of myself, really, and uh, it makes me sad sometimes a little bit you know, today in recovery, um, working the steps. Uh, uh, I, I, I still see it in myself today, but today, um, uh, like, there was, um, even, there was a woman in group the other day, and I was thinking, in my head, I was thinking, wow, you know, she's, she's so sad, or, you know, she's struggling so much. Um, you know, but almost separating myself from her, like, hoping you know, saying in a way, oh, well, you know, I'm glad I didn't get that bad kind of thing. And I, and I caught myself and I thought, shut up, Rebecca. Like, you know, I was thinking, one, it's none of my business. Two, um, you know, I'm exactly where she is, uh, you know, maybe in different shapes and forms. But so I find myself definitely that that's still creeping up, but um, not in recovery. Oh, I, I definitely, um, I'm a nurse, and so of course, uh, you know how much better I'm supposed to to know, you know, the epitome of health, and and 
you know, educate you on, on, on what is right and what we think, you know, the best way of health is. And I, and I knew that that was kind of how I was looked upon. And um, in my mind, I thought, I know people are looking at me, you know, you know, she's fat. So I, I was very much open to, I said, oh, hey, you know, the people would say, you're such a sweet girl, you're so active, you know, why are you so big, you know? And I'd say, oh, well, I just, you know, eat more than I expend. Uh, so I definitely wasn't hiding that. But um, I also came across as, I I literally believed that, um, well, I know I have a problem, but it's it's something I'm choosing, you know. Uh, you know, so the moment that I'm ready, quote, to put down the food, or I just don't want to eat anymore, I'm going to not do that. Uh, so I that was that was where my denial was. That was where the lies were. I I truly felt like, hey, I don't have a problem like everyone else does because when I'm ready or when I choose to, at when, what after 150 times my life relapsing, um, that was still me. Oh, it's my choice. So, um, anyways, in the solution. <laughs> Uh, I've let that go. I don't have to do that anymore. I have no idea what I'm talking about, and I I know uh, I know what my higher power says, and I know what the book says, and with that, and every single day, um, I'm going to listen to that and not what my right mind is thinking. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rebecca T. Lisa, with your last initial, and then Jackie H. Great, thank you. Hello, my name is Lisa S., as in Sam. I'm in Colorado, and I'm uh, a compulsive overeater bulimic and gratefully recovered for today. Thank you for this meeting um, and these reminders um, that my logical mind is never going to be enough. Um, It's been valuable and important for me to understand that I do have this twofold disease um, of body and mind that really is a spiritual um, malady and the solution is spiritual. Uh, It's great to get all that in my head and I think we need to get it in our heads on some level, but it doesn't do me any good, I've learned, um, until it's in my heart. And I can know that in my head, Um, but I've got to get it to my heart. And um, I was in a beautiful new face-to-face meeting last night and one of our fellows said, you know, this program, this book is about the heart. And for me, that's been just erupting everywhere. It's like, you know, you start to see green and all of a sudden you see green everywhere. And really getting this in my heart and moving it from my head to my heart and being willing for my heart to help change my head. Um, It's a a constant circle and it's, it's also, you know, a lot of it's a mystery, right? We've got to go to our higher power. We've got to go to the steps. We've got to go to the work to get it from our head to our heart, to get it from the head to the heart and really understand and experience um, how to do this isn't an overnight matter. Um, And for me, I've had a lot of slips and relapses and in and out of the food. um, And it's just, that's what it takes, right? We've got to do what we've got to do, and I'm not giving up. And my heart knowledge, my living from my heart, knowing this in my heart, moving to my heart is 
more and more amazing every single day. And I am so grateful for um, this program and really this disease because without it, I'd be stuck in my head about everything on the whole planet. And um, because I'm sick, I have to do this work. I have to do the work every single day, many, many, many times a day, get back into my heart, accept and love and understand that I can't manage this. And I've got to um, figure out how to turn this over to a higher power and use these steps to get there. Uh, thank you, everybody. Have a beautiful Friday. Pass. Thank you, Lisa S. Jackie H. followed by Robin Joe B. This is Jackie H. from Indiana. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, I just wanted to share a little bit of my recovery. Before I entered Overeaters Anonymous, I was binging and purging anywhere from three to six to ten times a day. And I came into the doors of Overeaters Anonymous 30 years ago, and it saved my life. And I just know that I tried before with self-knowledge on my own, and it didn't work. And until I started working the steps and calling my sponsor and going to meetings and texting, and I know for me today that when I want to reach out for an item, um, any kind of item off my food plan today, there's something going on inside me. And so that's the time when I say, okay, God, help me out here. And I am just totally grateful for the vision meetings on the phone. They have totally helped me stay in contact with my higher power and to be honest, open, and willing today. And I just want to pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jackie H. Robin Joe B. followed by Jamie S. Thank you so much. Um, this is Robin Joe B. Uh, from Missouri. I'm recovered uh, um, by God's grace and for His glory. And um, I just, uh, I, I just wanted to share. You know, I, um, I, I can um, relate with with everything that everybody has said this morning. Up. Uh, other than you know um the the ones that are feel like uh you know they they were smart in other areas of their life and stuff um that that can uh, that have the degrees and all of the schooling and and all of that um you know this disease robbed me from even that because I just didn't even think I could um be successful in in education or anything. So I never applied myself. It, it, it just I was just so defeated uh, from and from such an early age. I knew that I was different and had a twin brother. And I think that uh, that is uh, not afflicted with this. And I think it made it for me um, more glaring and and obvious that uh, I was different. Uh, so it just is aggravating how I, I can think what all it's robbed me of and the physical problems it's caused and, you know, the missing teeth from the bulimia and, you know, uh, you know it's unreal that my body even works, all the, the pain I put it through. But I do know that, you know, working this, yeah, the self-knowledge, I had all of the books, I had 
I tried every thinking thing, and the only thing is, is, is these 12 steps. It is this big book, and I am so thankful to God for uh, giving me this uh, when he did. Um, I wish it would have been, you know, a couple decades earlier, but I wasn't ready then, and um, I just I just pray for anybody that is still suffering, um, still out there lost. If you're a newcomer, hang in there. Um, you know, this is home, and I'm not going anywhere. I love it. I thank you so very much for your service, and I'll pass. Thank you, Robin Joe B. Jamie S. Hi, this is Jamie S. Recovering in Philadelphia. Thank you so much for for the meeting. Um, I just wanted to speak a little bit on my own experience with self-knowledge. Um, I'm somebody that started on a sort of self-knowledge journey very young in my teens, and I became interested in meditation and had a very intensive, long history with meditation from a young age and other, and other things, other practices. Um, and that, all the while my addiction continuing, um, that type of self-knowledge, where, where that was getting me through the years was um, self-obsession. So that type of self-knowledge made me more obsessed with myself. And that made me interested in how I was not like others, how I was incredibly different and uh, didn't want to sound like others or be like others. And it led me into separation and isolation as well. So I know that self-knowledge isn't, is, not, is not helping. Um, and it's in fact, it's, it's hindering. So self-knowledge is an addiction, was an addiction for me. Um, so that's what I have to put aside, like entirely and completely functioning through self-knowledge. It was also a way of being in charge. So I am describing who I am by knowing who I am. I'm the knower and I know. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the opposite of how I'm practicing by learning how to do the steps with my sponsor is learning how to to not do self-knowledge. So by not knowing and by not having self-knowledge, I can have the opportunity to um, not know but feel and accept, which is to like receive, receive understanding, receive loving kindness, you know, to discover the truth that higher power is teaching me rather than to teach higher power what, what I think is true. Uh, um, I hope that made sense, but that's my experience, and thank you so much. Thank you, Jamie S. I have time for one, two, for a two-minute share. Who would like to step up? Marilyn M. Marilyn M., go for it. I've got you down for two minutes. Thank you. Um, Marilyn M. from uh, Minnesota. Thank you, everybody, for um, doing service today to make this um, program available. Um, I, in self-knowledge, walked into my first OA meeting about five years ago. It was a small meeting of about six people, and I could not wait to get out of there. They were sharing their secrets, and I wasn't about to do that. 
especially when it comes to food, it wasn't worth it. So I walked back into an OA meeting about a year later. And even then, I was still um, working program with my own knowledge. And I took out of the big book the one sentence that says, the main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than his body. And my disease told me that that was all I needed to know is that my addiction was in my mind. And if I worked on my mind, then I would be able to handle my food. Well, I went four years trying to handle my food by working with my mind and still eating my trigger foods. And as we all know, that got me nowhere for four years. So it wasn't until I went back and reread the doctor's opinion and really told myself, the proof is in the pudding. I have a problem. I can't stop. And accepted the fact that my disease is twofold. It is my allergy as well as my mind and got out of my head and like someone else before um, said that I had to accept it with my heart and my spirit. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marilyn Marilyn M., I'm sorry. That's all the time we have for sharing today. Um, thank you to everyone who shared and thank you to Team Friday. And um, this is, we're going to end with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And then stick around for the rest of the meeting, which is unrecorded. So Polly Q, if I could have you read A Vision for You on page 164. Hi, this is Polly Q, recovered in California and grateful. Thank you for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you and 